We are about to hear an encouraging message from our series, Why Pray? Exploring Strength in Prayer, where we are going to take a deeper look into how to seek Him with knowledge and understanding. But before we do, if you are new to Oasis, we would love to connect with you. So wherever you are watching us from, there is a link provided that will take you to a connect form. Will you please take a moment and fill out that form for us? We would love to reach out to you and your family. At Oasis, we are so thankful for the incredible gift of an online church. And we know that God is going to continue to do an amazing work through Oasis Online. And we want you to be a part of it. So will you invite your family and friends to oasislv.church and not waste this incredible opportunity. So now please join Pastor Aaron as he brings his message, Why Pray? Knowledge and Understanding. Good morning, and thank you for joining with us today at oasislv.church or whatever online platform you are viewing from, the YouTube or Facebook. But uh, thank you so much for being with us. The Word of God is full of God's people crying out in prayer. If we were to just look at the Psalms in general, you would see David crying out for help oftentimes, or he's crying out and praising God. If we were to look at Job, the, the story of Job is one where Job is literally almost constantly in continuous conversation between him and God. Uh, Daniel in the lion's den is another where we see Daniel going to the lion's den because he would not stop bowing to God. The book of Acts, uh, the start of the church, the prayers that were crying out, the miracles that took place constantly. We also see other things. Job prayed for his friends in the midst of all that was going on. We see that Moses prayed for Aaron and Miriam. We see that Samuel prayed for Israel. Isaiah prayed for the people of God. Nehemiah prayed for Judah. Jesus prayed for his disciples. Epaphras prayed for the church there in Colossae. See, Paul prayed for many churches. Throughout the series that we are starting today, entitled, Why Pray? Exploring Strength in Prayer, my desire is this. It is to teach on prayer, yes. It is to give different aspects, different characteristics of prayer. But as much as anything, I want the thought to be that of a unified praying force, if you will, um, and that we are praying for one another and for some specific things. See, I love to hear so often, and I, I, uh, I am blessed uh, to be the pastor of a group of people that I believe genuinely care for one another, genuinely pray for one another, hurt for each other, celebrate for each other. It's, it, it, a week doesn't go by where somebody doesn't share some form of a prayer request or a praise um, from somebody else. I love those phone calls where somebody says, Pastor, I'm excited because we were praying for this and God did this. Uh, Pastor, I just heard that such and such uh, is feeling better and they would, we have been praying for them. And I get so excited at those that are sharing those things and the thrill, not only that I experienced, but the thrill that they have and the excitement that they've had from praying for and then seeing God do an amazing thing. And I want to continue that. But I guess what I really want to do, one of my, my prayers is this, is that that would continue, but I guess maybe I want to add to that, if you will. I want to continue to pray for each other in, in some of the same ways that, that health would happen and finances would take place and all of these things. But as we look at this exploring strength 
that we have in prayer. As we explore some of these things, I want to look at how that looks when we unite together as a body and pray for one another and pray for these specific things. This week and the next uh, three weeks, I'm going to look at areas of great strength in prayer and in as we do this together. Before I get too far into the sermon, let's Let's answer a simple question, or maybe it's a more difficult question, but what is prayer? I would say a very simple quote or answer to that would be, prayer is communing with God. It's a conversation with God that you would have with anybody else. Billy Graham says this, prayer is spiritual communication between man and God, a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listen to him. Prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father. It is natural for a child to ask his father for the things he needs. He continues to go on and he says this, When you receive Christ into your heart, you become a child of God and have the privilege of talking to him in prayer at any time about anything. The Christian life is a personal relationship to God through Jesus Christ. And best of all, it's a relationship that will last for all of eternity. It's that communication. It's that friendship. It's the relationship of communing with God. Prayer is an invitation to come before our Heavenly Father who knows our needs and longs to hear our voice. I would say most people that would hear this have a genuine and a general understanding of what prayer is. But I think sometimes we probably think too much into it, or we're looking for somebody to say, this is how we do it. Here's the, the ABCs, and everything's going to work perfect. I love what Jim Cimbala says in regards to prayer. Prayer cannot truly be taught by principles and seminars and symposiums. Rather, it has to be born out of a whole environment of felt need. If I say I ought to pray, I will soon run out of motivation and quit. The flesh is too strong. I have to be driven to pray. The Word of God speaks of it in several different ways. Uh, and one of the things, even as I read that, the thought that came to my mind was, what drives me to pray? What drives me to pray? Throughout Scripture, there's a, there's a phrase that is used often, and it's a call. The word call is used often in scripture when it comes to, to prayer. And that word call means to cry out. In Genesis chapter 4, in, in verse number 26, it says, Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. That word, again, it's to cry out. It's, it's to implore aid. It's, it's really, there's a, there's a need, there's a desire there. Spurgeon says the best style of prayer is that which cannot be called anything else but a cry. Jeremiah 33 and verse number three, call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Again, cry out unto me, God says. David says it over and over and David did it over and over. He would cry out to God. If you were to think about salvation, what is salvation? Salvation is us coming to a place of realizing that I cannot do this and I'm going to cry out. I'm going to cry out. Acts 2 and verse 21 says what? That whosoever shall what? Call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to cry out to God. 
Romans 10, 12 through 13. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that what? Call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, we're crying out. And so prayer is so often, it, it, it really, if it's going to last, it's you and I realizing that we need to call out. That we need God. Not just because circumstances are tough, but that we need God in everything that we do. And as we explore this strength in prayer today, we're going to look at Paul, who is in, in Colossians, is where we'll be. We'll be. He's, he's there and he's praying. He's not there, but he's praying for the church of Colossians, a people that Paul never had met. He had simply heard of them from Epaphras. He had heard of them, and Paul is in jail. He's in prison at this point, and he begins to write this down. He begins to call these out. While in prison, he's uh, calling out to God, crying out to God on their behalf, on the behalf of a group of people that he's never met. And I love this thought, and I, I said this earlier. I love to hear people excited about God answering prayers of healing and of of financial distress and of other different things. But if we were to stop and look at the majority of the time that we see Paul praying, he is praying for things that are greater than health, greater than finance. He's praying most often about the spiritual knowledge and understanding that they would have. And so in this passage of scripture in Colossians chapter 1, we're going to explore some of those things the, the strength that we have in, in, in knowing and understanding that spiritual understanding that God desires that we would have. And I believe that this passage of scripture, if we begin to internalize this and pray it for ourselves, but not only that, that we would genuinely pray that for others, that we would pray that over the people in our church. Yes, Paul was a pastor. And he would pray a lot of these things for the churches that he had started or the ministries that he was going through. But I wonder how often that we pray for others some of these things and the strength that comes in that. I ask you to join with me in Colossians chapter number one. We're going to start in verse number nine and we'll go through verse number 14 here today. So Colossians chapter one, starting in verse number nine, it says this. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Father, I pray right now that wherever it is that we might be hearing this message, God, that we would see, that we would understand the absolute importance, but the strength 
that comes in this relationship with you. And God, that we would pour out, that we would cry out as we talked about just a moment ago, that we would call. And God, that it's not just somebody told us that it's important to pray, but God, that we would understand and grasp and have the drive because we realize who you are and who we are at the same time. Father, I pray that you would use this passage. I pray that you would use your word and the the words that you've laid on my heart to encourage and challenge people today. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. So we see this morning here in Colossians chapter one, uh, we're gonna explore this strength in knowing and understanding who God is. And the first point is this, there is strength in spiritual intelligence. There is strength in spiritual intelligence. Right here in verse number nine, it says this, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And what does it say? And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This spiritual intelligence, there is so much that we could look at here within Paul's desire to pray for the people. Again, a people that he didn't even know. He had never met other than through the stories and through the, the letters that he has heard. And it says, for this reason, for the cry of Epaphras, if you will, in verse number seven, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. It's because of that that we now, or that I am now crying out, I am calling out to God on your behalf. He knew enough to know that there was a lot going on in that, that day and age and in that location. There was a lot of false teachers that were taking place. There was a lot of people that were trying to destroy the things that they know and the things that they were being taught. They were in a place where there was great deception being used. There was, they were in a place where a lot of the things that they had been talked about were being stolen by false teachers. And it says that he began to pray for them. I can only imagine some of those thoughts that were, if somebody else kind of steals your language, I believe that happens on a regular basis. Uh, false religions steal and, and use words that would, would make it confusing to realize the gospel in a false gospel. And so Paul says he did not cease to pray for them, that he would continually pray for them on their behalf. I, I don't know if you've ever thought of this. I imagine for some of you that have read scriptures and sat down in, in sermons and in churches uh, often have, have heard this or thought of this, but the poor prisoners that were with Paul, that he would be chained to somebody inside of a small dungeon-like cell and here's this guy now just crying out to God all day, singing songs and worshiping God while we're now in the midst of this pit. But that's what Paul did. He cried out. And he prayed for those. Think about this. Paul was burdened to share the gospel. Paul was burdened to go and to lead people to Christ. Paul was burdened to, to teach. And Paul was burdened. That was, the, that was the call that was on Paul's life, was to take the word of God and entrust it to others. And here he is in prison and he couldn't take it. He couldn't go and preach and teach to the masses. 
So what did he do? He knelt where he was and he prayed and he cried out to God on behalf of, I can't help but notice a similarity even in our day, though we are not in a dungeon, we're not tied up, we're not strapped in, but there's a lot that we can't do the way that we used to do it over the last couple months. And I was convicted as I was reading this and studying how how much more time have I spent in God's word and how much more time have I spent in prayer? Paul took what he knew and he began to pour out. And it says that Paul prayed and he requested of the Lord uh, a powerful request that the people of Colossians would be filled with knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding. To be filled is to be completely controlled. Think about this real quick. The disciples' hearts were filled with sorrow when Jesus told them that he would be departing in John chapter 16. The scribes and the Pharisees, what were they? They were filled with rage and anger when Jesus was healing and Jesus healed on the Sabbath. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts. Stephen was full of faith in Acts chapter 6. See, in each one of these cases, and we can maybe look at, at things in our own lives, times that we were filled with excitement and joy. I think of the joy and the excitement that came when my first child, Madison, was born. Or maybe I think of, at the same time, the being filled with the fear and the nervousness of, okay, what do I do now? But it says that Paul was praying that they would be filled or totally under the control of this spiritual understanding, this knowledge. Paul prays that they would be filled with knowledge, a deep and thorough knowledge is what this is looking at. We've touched on some of this over the last couple of weeks, the importance of what we know and, and what we know being uh, taken to heart having that heart and that knowledge and understanding of God's word. Paul constantly prayed something very similar to this. In 1 Corinthians, it said that he prayed uh, for them in all knowledge. In Philippians, more and more in knowledge. Colossians chapter 2, the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we can understand that true biblical knowledge is not speculative, but it's absolute. Proverbs says this in verse uh, Proverbs chapter 1. It is not good for a person to be without knowledge. Isaiah chapter 5 says it was a lack of knowledge that Israel went into exile. Hosea says that my people are destroyed, what? For the lack of knowledge. And Paul prays, what? For their knowledge. I would ask you this, and as we continue in this thought, I wonder how often we pray for knowledge individually. God, would you give me this knowledge as I read your word? God, would you help me to understand it? Maybe not even that. I wonder how often we pray for knowledge for somebody else. God, would you give my children knowledge? God, as a pastor, would you give our people the knowledge and understanding? Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a loved one. But I wonder how often we pray for others to have knowledge like Paul prayed for that church. Do we desire knowledge? Are we depending on the Holy Spirit to give the knowledge as we read? Are we studying his word? What does it say? It is, it is that study that equips us to go forward. Knowledge of God's word controls our mind. It is important to living a righteous life. 
Paul was praying that the believers would have a spiritual vision. That they would know and see through the things that were being taught in that day. Would they, uh, Paul just cried out, God, would you give them the knowledge? Would you give them understanding so that they would not fall into that? That they would not listen to that? That they would not falter, but that they would stand firm? If I ask you this, how does Satan attack us so often? It's our mind. It's our mind. But... When we're grounded in knowledge, we're able to withstand. We're able to stand against. He says, oh God. He cries out, would you give knowledge in all wisdom and spiritual understanding? I love this thought, this simple, simple statement. Satan will always exploit ignorance. So we need that knowledge. We need that understanding. We need that wisdom that Paul is praying for. Knowledge will naturally lead to a couple things. And those things are this, wisdom and understanding. Wisdom, the ability to collect and organize uh, uh, principles from Scripture. God's Word, we've spoken of this, the mysteries of the Gospel that are given and revealed to us because of the Holy Spirit doing that. That's, that's the knowledge, the discernment that would fall under this. Putting into application the things that we know. See, I don't know how many times I've read a passage of scripture. And then I've heard somebody else speak of that, teaching to that. And the application that comes through, it's kind of like the light bulb going off. Or how many times I've read a passage of scripture and I've read over it again and I've read over it again and I've read over it again. God, I, I, I get something here, but it's not grasping. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's like, oh, that's what it is. God gives us that discernment, that applicable piece of God's word because of this knowledge and spiritual understanding. See, one can have the knowledge without having the wisdom and understanding. However, true biblical knowledge leads to wisdom and understanding, which leads to application and action of God's word to our everyday life. And I believe this with everything in me. As we understand this, as we explore this, it is part of what gives us the strength through this prayer. This knowledge, this wisdom and understanding leads me to the second thought. Spiritual intelligence leads to walking worthy. I didn't really do too much thought with that. I just simply took verse number 9 and verse number 10, and I thought, well, if this is what it is, it says the next passage in verse number 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord. Think about it. The more that I know Him, the more that my actions take step. And that, again, it goes back to that simple thought, exploring strength in prayer. It is that strength that allows me to walk worthy. Because why? Because I know him. I have that spiritual knowledge and understanding and that wisdom that is coming, that discernment that is there. Paul prayed that they would have knowledge, wisdom, understanding. And he says that they would walk worthy. I touch on this again. We hit on this same statement last week. Is this. Scriptural exhortation is always built on spiritual knowledge and Christian living depends on Christian learning. Duty is always founded on doctrine. What we know according to God's word and we hide and we place it in our heart naturally 
pours out of our life and how we live day to day. Our knowledge, that wisdom and understanding, that which comes from the Lord truly impacts every single thing that we do. When it pertains to the prayer and strength we have in calling out to the Lord for that knowledge and understanding, God will answer that. It will change our course of action. To walk worthy could really be the practicality of living this Christian life. And our core values is one of them is that we would walk. To know that we would know him and walk with him. It's talking of this exact thing, that we would walk in our actions, that we would do what God and putting to practice the things that God has given to us in our, in our, in our mind. Living a practical life. That is to know God through study, through prayer, through loving on one another, and then that leading to life change. It is strength. This is the exploring that I, I, I truly believe I'm speaking of in this prayer and in prayer in general. As we know, we walk worthy. Why? Because I'm, I'm strengthened in that. I cannot work for God unless I am walking with him. But I cannot walk with him if I am ignorant of his will. It says in this passage that walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We're looking at all of these things. We're looking at, at some of this is just basic. But I wonder how many times we pray for that for ourselves or for others, that we would have that strength. See, the believer who spends time daily in the word and pray will know God's will and will be able to walk with him and work for him. The question is always asked about the what's God's purpose in my life? What's God's will for my life? See, I believe in every I believe within me that there is a kind of an overarching will that God would have for the believer. And then I believe inside of that that God would have a specific call upon our lives. And so oftentimes I've said this is that when people speak of that, I'm confused. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. God's, God gives us a basic pattern of life. Reading scripture and prayer and focusing and doing the things that God has called for us to do. Being in church and loving people and doing all these things. And as we do that, then the nitty gritty aspect of it, getting down, down to, the, to the, the rubber meeting the road even deeper, is that God begins to show us and reveal to us. And, and as we look at this, we look at this walking worthy of that call, worthy of the gospel, which is worthy of God, thus pleasing to him. It's God working in and through us. Doing what? It says in this passage, all pleasing being what? Fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Fruitful in every good work. As we do these things, we are producing fruit. The word of God speaks in John 15 of abiding and then producing fruit, fruit that lasts. God's wisdom reveals God's will. And as we obey God's will in our walk, we can work for him and bear that fruit. We will not just occasionally serve God. We will be fruitful in everything that we do. Listen, it's not 
just because I'm a pastor, I do what I do. It ought to be because I'm, a, I'm in love with Jesus that it flows out of me that whether I work in a shop, I work in a factory, I work in an office, I make a lot of money, I make little money, regardless of what I do, all of that flows out of me. The good work, why? Because it's pouring out. Why? Because I'm abiding in Him, because I'm knowing Him and I'm experiencing these, the spiritual wisdom and out of that I'm walking worthy. That is the strength. That we're exploring. And it all leads, it says that we would increase in the knowledge of God. There is no greater strength than knowing and resting in God. The more that I do those things, the more that I increase in my knowledge because I love him. I desire even more so to do that. So if I'm doing that really quick this morning, what does it say? It says in 10 that you would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then it says this, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. There's then some specific things. It says strength. Strength. God doesn't just give us a boost. Rather, he continually strengthens us. Doing so according to his might. Glorious is according to his attributes. Think about that. There's things that we do as Christians that are not truly who we are. For me to love others, maybe not who we are. Because our flesh is selfish. It's prideful. I don't want to love others. I don't want to love somebody who doesn't love me. But that's the... When God begins to work in us, his attributes begin to shine through us. We have the strength to do and to live how God would have us. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says that you would receive power. That is, the Holy Spirit will strengthen and give and guide you in power. So as we know and understand, we begin to walk we begin to increase. And as we do this, we are strengthened. As we are strengthened, it says, the next thing it says, that we are to be strengthened with all might unto the glorious power. Again, that glorious power, the attributes of God begin to shine through us. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. That is an enduring thing. Another result of knowledge and spiritual understanding and walking worthy is that we would be able to endure. We would walk with patience and long suffering. We would have joy. We would endure the hardship. We would endure the suffering. We would be steadfast. We would be planted by the rivers. We would not be tossed to and fro. And I've taught this before, that, that word patience isn't so much in the things that are happening. The word patience is patience with people. See, I can figure out how to be patient with circumstances. I'm not always the best at being patient with people. But as we know him, as we love him, as we strive to, to know him more, and as we strive to walk worthy, God begins to allow us to work through that. God gives us strength. God gives us patience. God gives us all those things with what? With joy. With joy. That's not 
Those aren't two words that go together. Patience and joy don't typically go together. But as we know him and as it's working through us, it leads to those things. Today, the strength in knowing leads to walking because we have the strength of the Lord. There is a confidence in him because we know him. It brings about a willingness and an understanding to press on in the midst of the hardest moments with joy. With joy. Because we trust him. The more that I know him, the more that I trust him, the more that I can endure, the more that I have that strength, the more we spoke of this on Wednesday night with our Bible study the last couple weeks of that confidence to go boldly to the throne of God. So I ask you and I come to you today. Are you calling out to God? Seeking knowledge and spiritual understanding that is leading you to a life of strength and endurance because you know him? Are we doing that for ourselves? How about this? Are we doing that for others? Paul was praying this for others. That they would experience all of these things. Exploring strength in prayer through knowledge leads us to a worthy walk, to walk worthy And lastly, this morning, it leads to a life of thankfulness and praise. Verse 12 and 13, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And I I look at this and there's different things here. But as I was studying, this is kind of where this this led for me. As I'm walking, as I'm knowing God, as I'm understanding and having that knowledge and that spiritual understanding, I begin to walk. And as I'm doing all of those things simultaneously, I'm growing and I'm increasing in knowledge. I'm having strength. I'm having uh, this understanding and I'm gaining uh, this patience and this long suffering. And I'm able to do that with joy. And as I do that, here's what, here's, here's what came to me. Because I'm knowing God more, I begin to be so much more thankful because of who he is. Because seeing who he is allows me to see who I really am. And I believe in this. Paul was petitioning and begging God that these new believers would truly know him. That they would live a life of walking worthy. And that they would be thankful, that they would be reminded of who he is and what he's done. What does he go? He goes right back here giving thanks. He takes us back to those days before we even knew him, giving thanks for that redemption, giving thanks for the blood, giving thanks and all of those things that there's been a deliverance, that they have been transferred, that he, he goes back. I wonder how many times we live our lives and we fail to go back into those things. I think sometimes for me personally, it's because I haven't been seeking. It's because I haven't truly just given that over. I've kind of become selfish and prideful. And it says that he began to praise for our inheritance. It means to make sufficient, to empower, to authorize, to make fit. We are not qualified through our own efforts. God has qualified us through the finished work of Christ. Let's look at this really quick. In Ephesians chapter 2, really all throughout, we're going to read a couple different passages here. But Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1 through 3, it says this. And you hath he quickened 
who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in the time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. So this is speaking to who we were. And, and Paul is saying, I'm praying that they would never forget this, that they would not forget that they were transferred from death unto life, that they would not forget that. He goes on in chapter 2. That at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Do you remember the day that you had no hope? In chapter 4, he says this, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. God qualified the unqualified. And I believe in exploring this strength in prayer that we will truly never forget the grace that God has given us and who we were and who he transferred us to be. It speaks of deliverance. That word deliverance is literally to draw to oneself or to rescue. God drew us out of Satan's kingdom to himself. This is not a continual Thing. This was an immediate thing. We were declared right. We were immediately delivered from the hand of the enemy. We were quickened, it says, to life. We were quickened. We have been rescued from the power of darkness. We have great things to be thankful for. We have much to be thankful for. For this is who we were. And Paul says, I pray that they don't forget this. I pray that as they know and understand you, I pray that as they walk worthy of you, that they would then be constantly be thankful of what God you have done in their lives. And it goes on, it says transferred, remove or change. It was used in the ancient world to speak of the displacement of a conquered people to another land. Kingdom refers to more than the future millennial kingdom when Jesus will reign on earth for a thousand years. Nor does it just speak merely of the general rule of God over his creation. The kingdom is a spiritual reality that we right now live in. The kingdom is a special relationship between men and the age that we have with God through Jesus Christ that we live in right now. In its most basic sense, a kingdom is this. It's a group of people ruled by a king. Christians have acknowledged Christ as their king and are subjects in his kingdom. We are his servant. We are a slave to God. Why? Because we love and we've been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. It says, and it continues on, in whom we have redemption through his blood. We only have this access. We only have this transfer. We only have this deliverance through the redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Redemption is to deliver by a payment or by a ransom. It was used of speaking of freeing slaves from bondage. 
It is redemption that results in the forgiveness of sin. It is redemption that gives us the pardon or the remission of sin's penalty. I would say this, believer. Are we so in tune with God that we are seeking that knowledge, that we are seeking to walk worthy, that we are increasing in knowledge, that we are strengthened, that we are living a life enduring and and doing so joyfully, and that we can't help but daily, moment by moment, minute by minute, remember who we were and who we are today. I believe as we are drawn to God and we understand that strength that God has given to us, that we'll never forget and we'll constantly be thankful for who God is and what he has done. Maybe today you watch this and you would say, Pastor, I I get learning some of these thoughts of prayer, but I don't grasp that last Part of this, that part of redemption, that part of that deliverance, that part of being transferred, that part that the forgiveness of sin and to which I would say I I get that the majority of this sermon is really based and geared towards the believer who is watching today and who is listening that we would pray and seek God in this manner. But maybe today you would say there is no deliverance in your life. There is no joy in your life. There is no redemptive feeling. You just feel like you're condemned. You feel like you're constantly under pressure. You can't do enough good. You're always doing the wrong thing. I would plead with you today that God sent his son to die for the remission of sin, to die for our sin, that we would have freedom, that we would be set free, that we would know him, that we could go before the throne of God and say, oh God, But it starts like we started at the very beginning. Crying out to God. See, salvation, being saved, being brought from the pit of hell to the doorstep of heaven starts where I would say, God, I need you. And I cry out to you. Maybe today, wherever it is that you are, you would say, I cry out to you. Believer, as we close, I want to challenge you in this. One of the thoughts behind this series and one of the things I'm praying that we would do is that we as a church would pray these prayers. And maybe this week you would do something different within your prayer time, but you would begin to pray this prayer over people in your life. Maybe this is selfish, but you would pray that God would give me as your pastor knowledge and understanding that you would pray that you would that God would give Dan and the staff that God would give the deacons and the finance team knowledge and understanding that you would pray for the the life group leader that you sit under that you would pray for maybe it's a relative, maybe it's your children, but that we would do that over others as well as we pray that God would give us that knowledge and understanding. Pray that you will do that this week, throughout this week, and that it's something that we continue to do as a church body. Father, I come to you today, and I believe that there's probably some that watch this that do not know you as Savior, and 
God, I pray that they would cry out. They would fall upon their face before you and say, oh God, I need you. I'm trying, I'm doing everything that I can, but I feel that I'm entrapped. There is no deliverance that they would see and experience redemption that only comes through you. And God, I pray as a church, I pray as as believers that we would experience the strength, that as we explore the strength in prayer, today it's this knowledge and understanding God, that we would seek that, that we would pray that over our families, that we would pray that for people in our church, that we would truly have a greater understanding, have a greater knowledge of your word, and that, God, we would experience a a walking worthy like we haven't experienced in some time. God, that you would pour out into the lives of people the life of this church. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining with us this morning or from wherever that you might be. And if you've made a decision, we would love to be able to come alongside of you in that. And if you would, you can do that in a couple different ways to reach out to us through the Connect card uh, as well as through a, uh, there's a, what is that? It's a phone number. You can text the word decision or you can email me at pastor at oasislv.church. But thank you so much for being with us today. I pray that you have a blessed day and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are out there today. Have a great day. We just want to thank you again for joining us today. We pray that the service has been an encouragement and a blessing to you. Oasis is supported by the gifts of faithful people like you. So if you have the desire to give to the ministry or mission of Oasis, you can text GIVE to the number provided below, click on the GIVE link, or mail in your gift to the church office. We also have a desire to pray for you. So if you have a prayer request, you can email us at prayer at oasislv.church. Church, we have been encouraged to seek him in knowledge and understanding. So let's do that and be passionate followers of Christ.